0: I've walked these many miles. I've aged my hands, bruised my feet. Pressing my pen to the paper, leaving a legacy that I did not intend. In our truest character, I don't believe we intend to be great. Our minds waver with fear that our heart is not capable of great things. What is our potential as heroes? Will we be people that run away from the fire or toward it? My destination may be unknown, but my path is set. My journey is fixed on one direction. Forward. that defines us as legends, the hero of our stories, above all else, our desire, our hope should now and always be to move forward.
1: Hey, good morning. How are we doing today? Man, it is good to see you. Thank you guys so much for coming and for being a part of Cornerstone. Uh, man, in Scottsdale, Santan, thank you guys for doing what you're doing out there and for for taking Jesus to different parts of the city. Man, if you're watching online, overflow, no matter where you're at, thank you for, for doing this with us. Um, I get the, the privilege today of, of walking through this guy, Paul, um, at a pretty rough part of his life. And, and I don't know if, if you've caught yourself in this yet. But tell me if if you do this, when when Lynn or somebody comes up here and, and, and they break open the Bible and they start talking about these characters out of scripture, I automatically almost associate them with superheroes. Um, so like when he starts talking about Paul, like I feel like Superman is really the only real superhero alive because the rest of them just had stuff and Superman was Superman. Um, so I automatically just associate Paul with Superman. So Paul is the type of guy, As the, in this series legend, we've spent these last few weeks talking about Paul and his life. I, I think when, when we break this open, we start reading about Paul. In my head, I hear like superhero music. And I like when Paul walked, he whooshed. Like when he came in rooms, it was like whoosh, And then he did stuff and people were just like amazed at his presence. I I think that when Paul, he's the type of guy that when he goes to Starbucks and they get his drink wrong, like he walks into that and he goes, you know, I once too was wrong, but then God came in and he saved. And then like the whole store is like on their knees accepting Christ. Uh, That's what I think of when I think of Paul, right? He's a superhero. He would go in and he's riding to work and his camel breaks down and he's like, I once too was broken. And then all the other people are like, oh pulls his shirt back it's got a big p on his chest and he's just he's got his own theme music he's got everything that's that's what i think about and i struggle with that a little bit because i think about me and i don't have theme music and when i walk into places i don't whoosh well i do but it's gross and and i i don't (laughs) i don't do that i don't have that i don't have that presence when i walk into a store when they get my drink wrong i'm usually ticked like i'm mad um When my car breaks down, I'm fired up and not in a good way. I want to, I want to have that type of, of life. And so for me, as I hear through this and this legend, man, because really Paul, in my mind, I think he is, I, I think arguably next to Jesus, he's probably the most impactful person this planet has ever seen. I think that Paul's life drastically changed this world. And next to Jesus, I don't know of anybody that had a bigger impact on this planet than Paul. I want to be like that. But as I study this, I'm like, I'm not a superhero. <laughs> I like pull my shirt open and people are like runaway screaming. That's not, there's definitely no like superhero emblem. How do I do this? And I forget that Paul was just like us. And just so you know, there, there's no difference between Paul and you. There's no difference between this guy, Paul, and us. The, the only difference between him and you and me is he completely sold out to Jesus and we hold on to things. That, that's really the only difference between this guy named Paul who drastically changed the world and us. That the only difference is he gave God everything and he was like, man, I'm, I'm done. This is all yours. And we hold on to little bits and pieces. Today, as we look through this guy, Paul's life, this is encouraging to me because I think of this superhero. Um, we find Paul's kryptonite, um, this morning. So as we dive through God's word, we get to look at the, the problem that Paul had that we also face. Um, Paul, as much as he loved Jesus, as much as he did these great things, as many churches as he built, as many countries as he went to, as much of all of that that he did, he still struggled with sin, exactly like us. And and let let me help with this a little bit. Paul still struggled with arrogance. Paul still struggled, struggled with anger. Paul still struggled with holding grudges. He still had these parts of his life that definitely weren't what's best for his life, and he still struggled with those on a daily basis exactly like us he he had this life and he, he wanted to to do exactly what we want to do right he wanted to shine do this life um the only problem is when when this is us it doesn't matter what you put inside you, you don't you don't see anything it doesn't matter what goes inside of it, this life that we have when we're struggling with sin, when we're encased in sin, when we're wrapped up in this body of sin. It doesn't matter what you put inside because it doesn't shine through, because this life is pain for us, because this is the struggle that we all face. Let me show you kind of what I'm talking about. Um, grab your Bibles and, and jump to Romans 7. Romans 7. Romans um, 7. Paul breaks down his struggle, and I, I think if we'll listen, I think this is going to resonate really close to a lot of us. I think what you're going to hear in Paul's life, you're going to be able to listen to and think, oh, yeah, that's, I get it, that's that's me. Um, and, and this is good news because there's no difference between Paul and you, other than he gave up everything and just trusted God. Look, look in Romans 7, and um, let's start in verse 21. And, and tell me if this if this sounds familiar in your world. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man am I. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Does this sound familiar to any of you? Are you hearing what Paul's saying? I want to do good. I want to do what I'm supposed to do. Man, I know what in my head, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what's going to make, man, I I know what God wants from me. I know that I should be doing these things, but I don't. I I want to do it, but I I want to shine. I want the world to see God inside of me, but I don't. I want to do good, but I wind up doing what I don't want to do instead. I know what I should do, but I wind up not doing that and doing what I know I shouldn't do. And then he ends with this question. What a wretched man am I? Who will save me from this body of death? And, and I don't know if you caught some of the, the words that Paul uses as he, as he describes this tug of war, as he describes this battle in his life. And tell me if this doesn't sound like us. He, he says things in verse 23, like sin is waging war on his life. Have you ever felt like this battle with sin is war? This battle of wanting to do what you know is right, but you don't do it and you do the opposite, that you're in this war? He said that he's been taken prisoner by the law of sin. I don't know about you, but there's several moments in my life that I feel like I'm a I'm a refugee in a POW camp when it comes to sin. That I I want to do what I know I should do, and I catch myself constantly going back, constantly going back into this Part of my life that I, I know doesn 't belong, he says, Who will rescue me from this body of death? You see when we don 't deal with sin, when this is this is us, this is death. <laughs> Nothing shines through this, this, this body that we have of sin and, and sin is something that, that just, if you don't know Jesus, you need to understand this. I'm not calling you a sinner. I'm calling us sinners because we are just as messed up as anybody else is. people who know Jesus struggle with this body of death the same way that people who don't know Jesus do people who know Jesus still struggle with sin. We still struggle with wanting to shine, but still struggle with nothing getting out because of, of us because of death surrounding it. The good news this morning is it doesn't matter who you are. We all struggle with this. And I don't know about you, but I can agree with Paul. When when he gets to this, this statement towards the end, it's almost like he's at the end of his rope. I can almost see Paul like maybe having that last, and I don't know if you've been there, but you had that last moment, that last initial just breakdown where you're like, man... I'm doing it. I'm, I'm giving God my life. I'm doing everything for God. Everything, man, I'm gonna walk different. I'm gonna talk different. I'm gonna look different. I'm gonna shine for Jesus. I've got the Jesus bracelet on. Everywhere I go, man, it's just Jesus. I got Jesus music playing in my car. I got the Jesus fish on the back of my car. I got like the church sticker on my car. It's not our church because I drive bad and I don't want them to associate that with Cornerstone. But I've got a church sticker on there still. I got all this stuff hitting. I'm polite. I'm saying yes ma'am and no sir. I've got all that stuff rolling. So when I walk out, And then somebody pulls up, cuts you off in traffic and you wave at them in a nice way. And you're instantly stuck back into this trap of sin. I feel like Paul is at that moment where he's like, man, I I know what I want to do. I know what God wants me to do. I I know that. Man, what a wretched man am I? I don't know if you felt like that. Like, man, God, please don't give up on me. God, I know I promised that if you would forgive me, that I, I know I, man, I said, to, I, I've asked you so many times, God, to forgive me. I've gone to you so many times and just said, God, would you please forgive me? Please don't give up on me. I mean it, God, I really am going to try. I really am trying. I, I'm struggling. God, please. And it's, it's really easy to get religious in this part of our life. It's really easy to start working externally in in this part of our life And what we do is we try to work external hoping that that gets god's attention But god doesn't work external god works internal you see external is how we try to get god's attention But jesus was internal and that's how god got our attention Religion is our way of trying to get to god and jesus was god's way of getting to us It's not external isn't the problem This morning as we dive through this, you you need to hear this really clear. External modification is never going to change your war with sin. Internal transformation is how we win this battle. You want to become legendary? You want to become somebody who changes the world? You want to even just get through life and just survive? Just you personally, forget the world. I just want to make it to old age and not lose my mind. It doesn't start external. External modification does absolutely nothing in this. It's internal transformation is where we win this battle. And I don't know about you, but I can, I feel for Paul in this. What a wretched man am I? Who will save me from this body of death? Who will save me from, from this? And if you read the first part of verse 25, it's almost like Paul, like he has that moment of clarity. He's in that moment of deep, just depression and just sitting there like, who's going to say, man, how do I, how do I get out of this? And then it it clicks. Oh yeah. Verse 25. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And and there's an exclamation point there. And this isn't Paul going, whew, but thanks be to God. Man, Jesus. This is Paul going, but thanks be to God, Jesus. And he's like chest bumping people around him. He's high fiving people. Good game. He's telling everybody, man, but thanks be to Jesus. Man, thanks be to God. This is it. This, this is it. This is how I, this is how I get through this. This is how I get through this moment. This is how I get out of this moment of of sin and of death. I remember who Jesus is. Thanks be to Jesus. Thanks thanks be to somebody who's bigger than my circumstance. If you're stuck in that moment, and maybe you resonate with Paul a little bit more on that, who's going to save me from this body of death? Maybe you need to just sit back for a minute, get a little excited, and say thanks be to Jesus. See, Jesus was God's way of coming to us. And it's internal. Let let me show you what this looks like. Keep something here, because we're going to come back to Romans Romans 7. Go with me real quick to Colossians 3. Just a little bit to the right. Small letter, um, Paul wrote, um, Colossians 3. I I want you to see what this looks like. Because if, if we can figure out how to put this in our life, this war that we wage with sin, we gain a lot more victories this battle that we're constantly stuck into, we can stop being held prisoner and we can start attacking if, if we can get this really simple principle down. So look in Colossians 3, um, start in verse 1 and, and roll with me. It says this, since then, and, and let's stop for just a second, since then sets up the fact that there used to be a past, but since that is not our past, since then there's something new. So what he's saying is since then, So this, since this is no longer us, there's a since then. And if you go on it and, and look just a little bit farther, it says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. You understand where this starts is it starts with our mind and, it's, and then it's, it continues to our hearts. If we're going to win this battle and this war with sin, we've got to set our, our minds on things above. The battle starts internally, not externally. It doesn't matter how many things we do outside. It doesn't matter how many church services. We've got like five. You can come to all five of them and still not get this. It doesn't matter how many hours you open this up and you read it. It, If you don't apply what you're reading, you're you're not getting the point. It starts with you setting your mind on things above. It starts with you, you setting your mind on not things external around you that are earthly, but you start setting your mind on things that are better. And then from that, you continue and you set your heart on things above. And what that means is once you establish those things in your head of what's better and and you start setting your mind on things above, your heart starts doing those things. You start to have action that follows up what God is doing in your mind. But it starts with your mind. It continues with your heart. It means that you no longer read six hours of scripture a day. You start putting into action what you read. You could read for five minutes, but whatever you read, you put that into motion. You read things like where Paul writes back in Romans where he says, man, that I present myself as a daily sacrifice. You wake up every morning and you present yourself as a daily sacrifice. It's this really cool word called application. We have a ton of information. We just have lack of application in our lives. You set yourself up and you start thinking and you start doing with your heart. And what's great is this this isn't external modification. This isn't you trying to help more old people across the street. This isn't you paying it forward more at McDonald's. This isn't you doing more deeds. This is you setting your mind and your heart on things above. This is you taking this book and applying it. And as we read these things, as you see these things come out in your life, you start to put these things into action. And when you do that, you have a, you have a sense then. You have the old you and now you have a sense that happened. You have this. Now your mind is different. Your heart is different. And what's so great in this is when your heart and your mind are different... External starts to reflect the internal. Keep going, verse 2. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Let let me show you this because this is cool. So now you have this new life. You don't have the old life that you couldn't transfer through. You have this new life right now that's now hidden with Christ. But even better than that, you have this new life now that's hidden with Christ. In God. This becomes the new you. This no longer is you. This is who we are. You have Christ hidden inside of you, hidden in God. And you shine. And what's inside flows out to what's outside. And the world sees that you're different. And bigger than that, you see that you're different. And when sin, when that tug of war hits your life, it's no longer you by yourself. It's you with Jesus in you, hidden in God. So instead of going in this dark world where you can't even transfer anything out, you now have this to take out into the world. You have this to walk into those situations that you continually struggle through. What a wretched man am I. Who will save me from this body of death? Jesus, in you, hidden in God, is the answer to that question. Let, let me show you where that's at. Go back to, to Romans real quick. Go back to verse 25. Actually, 24. Let's read through that one, too. What a wretched man am I. And then he asked the question, who will rescue me from this body of death? Verse 25, we started it. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. High five, chest bump, verse, the end of that verse. So then, again, so then implies that there was something before. So that happened, now there's this. So then, I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. You you understand that what happens usually is we get in this, but we still carry death with us. We still carry parts of this life with us. And we still get stuck in situations where we're struggling with sin because we we don't live with Jesus in us hidden in God. We bring parts of our old before the since then and with us, and we're stuck in this tug of war. We're stuck in this, this battle of how do I, how do I get through this? Um, we're stuck in this, this time of how, how do I break this cycle? I need help for just a second. This is why you don't sit on the front row. Would you help me real quick? Um, I promise it'll be quick and and easy. Um, And you even get free coffee out of it. Um, What is your name? Tony. Tony. Hi, I'm Tim. Hi. Come, Tony, come right over here for me. Just a second. I'm going to be sin, just because I feel better at being sin, because I don't really know you. And we met like five seconds ago. So Tony, take this into the rope for just a second. I don't know what your life is like, Tony, because we've just now became friends. Um... I struggle with sin and it's like this tug of war. Um, And I feel like we're stuck in this moment of I want to do what I know I should do, but instead I don't. I do these other dumb things and I'm stuck in this moment of where I'm fighting against what I know is right. I don't really know you. For all I know, you could eat really healthy, spend your entire life at the gym. Um, You could work out like eight hours a day and be like a CrossFit guru. Because again, we just met like 10 seconds ago. I know that I haven't been in a gym in about 15 years. Um, the closest I've come to working out is driving by one on my way home. And that's really, and we fit. I don't know if that counts, but I do that a lot too. Um, I know that right now I'm, I'm old and I'm my, I've messed my shoulder up a while back. So my, my arm hurts a little bit. And if, if we were to get into this tug of war right now of sin, you go easy on me. Yeah. Cause I don't, I've got three more services to do. Um, if we were to do this and we were to actually to, to fight into this, you could, You could possibly win some of these, like five out of 10. Okay, realistic, maybe seven out of 10. We do this with sin in our life, right? There's some of the battles that we go in and we could win some of them. Some of them we can set up and win because you look across at me as sin and you think, oh, you're right, he is out of shape. Um, I could win this. And we do the same thing with sin. We go into the battle thinking externally. Let me help for just a second. Let me introduce you to my friend, God. God, would you come out real quick? Um, because this isn't how it's supposed to be. Um, Tony, I need to, enter, this, this is my friend God. Well, actually, he's not my friend because I'm sin. But if I if I did have a friend named God, that this would be him. Oh, it's like that. Oh, it's okay, though, because we're, I guess that makes sense because you're God and I'm sin. Um, this is how it's supposed to be, Tony. This This is what this looks like in real life, is where God comes up, And he takes the rope with us. And as we get into this battle, this tug of war of sin, I don't care how many times we do this, I lose. Because it's no longer you fighting against sin. It's you with Jesus hidden in God coming into the battle. Do you understand what this does? Tony just became powerful by association. You just became twice, 15 times as strong because of who you're associated with. And when you step into the battle of sin, you just won that war. Tony, thank you very much for coming up. God, thanks for coming out again. For Thank you very much. Thanks, God. If we want victory in this, you understand we have to stop fighting this on our own. You, you understand that if we want to achieve victory in, in sin, if we want to achieve victory in these battles when the war wages against us if we want to live out what this book says if we want to put this into action where it's jesus in us hidden in god it's us including god into our sin when we sin and when we struggle god knows that why do we hide it from him why not go to him and say, God, man, I'm struggling with, with jealousy. I'm struggling with lust. I'm struggling with anger. I'm struggling with whatever it is and include him in that pull, include him in that tug of war and give him your end of the rope and get behind him and just let him do what he's supposed to do. Let him be God. You understand that's the internal side of this war. It's not you doing more. It's you stepping out of the way letting God be God in that situation and you pulling with him. And you need to understand when we do this, when we can remember that it's Jesus in us, hidden in God, we suddenly win a lot more battles. We suddenly win a lot more fights, a lot more wars. We suddenly, when this battle of sin, when this battle of not doing what we know we should do and doing what we know we shouldn't, we suddenly start to achieve victory and freedom What is it that that you're ashamed? Maybe it's a sin that we, we hold on to that we hope nobody finds out. <laughs> Man, if they found out about this, there's no way they would let me back in church. <laughs> if they found out about this, there's, they wouldn't let me in my block. What is that thing that we hold on to? That we feel like, no, God, I got this. And we get on the rope and we pull and we, we don't trust that God will take. Maybe we don't trust him, that he'll take care of it, or maybe we're too ashamed to give him the rope and let him pull. You understand, for this to work, we become transparent with every part of our life. For this to work, we give God control to take the rope in every avenue of our life, everything that we struggle with, everything that we're going through in our world, we give that to him, and we, we have a much better chance of success. who will save me and who will rescue me from this body of death. But praise be to Jesus. Praise be to God through Christ our Lord. I don't know what your struggle looks like. And I know that there's enough of us that we have a lot of the same struggles, but there's also enough of us that you struggle with things that I don't even understand. What would it look like if you gave those to God? And, and what that means, that's this, I know that's a really churchy thing to say, but basically what that means is whatever those situations are, instead of you trying to change outside and make the outside better, you worked internally. And internally you said, God, you know what, I really struggle with anger. I'm so sick of getting mad at everybody. God, I'm sick of blowing up at my kids. I'm sick of blowing up at my, my wife. God, I'm sick of blowing up at my family. I'm, I'm just, I can't deal with this anymore. God, would you please take, take the anger when, when anger hits my life? God, when, when that starts to raise up, would you remind me with thoughts of who you are? And then would you help me with my heart and to set my mind on things above and then to set my heart on things above? And God, would you help me in that moment to give you permission To pull when that that war hits, that that tug of war of sin comes at my life. The only way this works is if we have a sense then. And some of us right now are living in this and we don't understand why we're not shining. Because we're trapped, as Paul said, stuck in this body of death. Some of us this morning, we need to step out of the body of death into us since then. And we need to to embrace Jesus in us, hidden in God. This is why you're so frustrated. This is why you want to do what you know you should do. And you keep not doing those things. is because you're holding on to this. And I guarantee you, if you look hard at your life, it's not because of effort. It's because of internal. It's because we're externally trying to do something that's meant to be done internal. I don't know what your worlds look like as you walk into this place. I just know that we all struggle. (laughs) And just like Paul, I daily am in this tug of war of sin. And if I have any chance of hope, I've got to become transparent enough with Jesus that I can give him the rope and let him pull. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for, um, thanks for today. Jesus thank you for the truth of this passage God the the, the truth that we were never intent God that there was we were never meant to fight this on our own God that we were we were never in, that there was never an intention of us to go to battle into this tug of war of our life solo that the whole point of this God is, is Jesus in us hidden in God that when we step into those situations God when we walk through this planet that we become powerful by association that we become huge because of who you are in us and we, we gain power because of who you are. God, would you help us this morning to, to stop trying to modify the external, to stop trying to do things to impress people or to impress you. And God, we would give you our heart and our thoughts and we would allow you to do what you do, which is change us internally. And God, for those of us in this room that are just, man, we're, we're tired. God, we feel exactly like Paul. We feel like we're just at the end of the rope saying, who will save me? Jesus, would you remind us in this moment that that's why you came was to save us and give us freedom. And God, if there's anyone in this room right now, anyone that's listening to this at this moment, God, that has not given their life to you where they don't have that since then Jesus, I just pray that with the gospel of of your love and your forgiveness ring clear. And the fact that that you want to come in and hang out and dwell with us. So God as we as we battle sin Jesus would you help us to become powerful by association and to take you in every every step of the way in the powerful and holy name of Jesus. Amen